Welcome. Welcome to Acts, everybody. I'm Pastor Chris. I'm Pastor Eric here at South Canyon Lutheran Church in Rapid City. And, uh, Back in our sanctuary. Indeed. And we are looking at Acts, the founding and future of the church. The church. I don't even know how many uh, episodes we're into this one at this point. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. a pretty long book, so we're, we're not... We'll be skipping stuff, remember, or at least glossing over it in a way that's informative, I think, but not reading everything. But. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've been at it for yeah. a, a number of weeks now. Um, last week, we, we worked our way through chapter uh, five, I guess. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, five, Ananias and Sapphira. Right, right, yes. Ananias and Sapphira and the uh, that story. Right. And the apostles being persecuted and then... I think we ended with um, well, them feeling uh, honored that they were worthy. Honored to be dishonored. Right. Honored uh, to be dishonored. Yeah. Yes. They, were, yes. They, they, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor yes. for Christ. Yes. And so today we're going into uh, actually something else. Yeah. It's so. a pretty, pretty, yeah. It's, it's definitely a new theme here. So different shift. Um, why don't I pray okay. and then we'll get into that. Read. Gracious God, uh, we ask that you would bless this time together as we continue to explore your word in the book of Acts, uh, learning from the church, but we also pray for the future of the church, that as you led the church by your spirit uh, from its beginnings, you continue to lead us now, that we may be faithful in our calling to proclaim the death and resurrection of life, and um, that as we journey together as a community of believers, that you would be with us and you would help us to to live in, in unity with one another to uh, work together towards our, our shared goal and mission that you have put to, before us so uh, may this time of reflection on the book of acts lead us in that process in christ's name we pray amen amen so i'm going to start reading chapter six okay it's a fairly short chapter but as we read, just hold in your head that the church is growing, amazing things are happening through the apostles. Yeah. And so lots of people are being added to, to their number, and there's this whole, uh, I, I guess, things are changing yeah. and growing. So chapter 6. Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It's not right that we, meaning the apostles, should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. And another Greek word would be to keep accounts. Mm -hmm. So, to keep accounts. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Gamaliel, maybe? 
Maybe. From last week? Yes, from last oh, week. You, you wanted, yeah, you, you were pushing for that one. I'm so pushing for Gamaliel. May, maybe. You had a few additional names there. You think there's any chance you got them all right? Nope, not no. a chance. <laughs> but you say it with confidence as you read scripture, and that's really key. Yeah. Sound like you think you know what you're talking about when you say names, and it'll go beautifully. Yeah. So what's going on here otherwise? Well, I mean, I think you're starting with, they kind of have like a good... The type of problem that you like to have. Okay. Is, yeah. Um, because as you noted in the context, as you were introducing it, was they're they're growing. You know, and so just to understand the way that this community is functioning, we've talked about you know how they're selling all of their possessions <laughs> and right. living together, and they're distributing um, the resources to make sure that all of the needs are being being yeah. met. And so um, they're bringing all of their stuff together, sharing it in common, and then, then redistributing it as people have, have need. Um, the problem is that it seems like they've probably grown and they stretch so much that, uh, you know, people are falling through the cracks. Um, and so uh, they're still supposed right. to be caring for everybody's needs, but it sounds like there's at least not equal care being given. I was just gonna say, yeah, falling through the cracks, the text says neglected. And I have to wonder, it's a Hellenist Hebrew thing in those mm -hmm. first verses that, and the Hellenists were the Greeks, right? Right. So those were, those were people that were... Uh, well, or at least Greek-speaking. Yes, okay, Greek-speaking people. So, but there had to have been maybe some, I guess the word prejudice there, or at least dislike, or at least they weren't fully unified. It yeah. says neglected, and I have to think that was important. It was like an intentional. They moved from the Hebrews thing. first, and then onto these other people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in any case, whether like whether it's active prejudice or it's just a case. I mean, my understanding is that it's Greek speaking and you know Aramaic speaking. Okay, Jews. Like the, the language is the biggest thing, but you know, the presumption, like we're in Jerusalem, I think you've got people that have come from all over the yeah. place and some of them are, you know, Greek speaking, some of them are Aramaic speaking, like the, the language, but the language is the big divide. They're at least all, all Jews. Okay. Um, so we would, we could maybe at least, or at the basic level say, the community itself is not integrated fully, but they're trying for whatever the reason. Right. I mean, and because yeah. they're not integrated, what may be happening, the neglect may simply be, Oh, you know, I hang out with these people because they speak my language and I take care of them no. first. And uh, <laughs> some of these other people that I don't know as well because we don't speak the same language, okay. um, you know, aren't getting cared of. Maybe it's more active prejudice than that. It yeah. could be. I mean, we it don't, we don't, we don't know. know. Okay. Um, in either case, though, what's happening is, and I, w I think we can also say is that the Hellenists are the out-of-towners. Okay. They're, they're coming in. They don't have... Um, you know, so they don't have like the additional familial support structures. Okay. So I think that we can say that they're a little more vulnerable potentially to okay. neglect than others are. And one way or other, the system is failing yeah. these people, whether it's active prejudice or it's just kind of natural people, you know, specifically the widows, specifically the, the, widows, most, the most vulnerable. powerless yeah. or the most vulnerable or the ones with the least power, however mm -hmm. you want to say it, the most vulnerable among them. Yeah, are being neglected, and the apostles respond. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, framing it like that, it's hard to say that it's a good problem right. to to have. But we can at least say that it's part of the product. It's a product of so many people being drawn to the message, and that's a good thing. Right. Well, and as far as the problem goes, the community starts to address it. I don't. You can't really take the words. I mean, the 
the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews, but I think the more important thing is someone saw a problem, they spoke up, the apostles responded immediately. Yeah. And something changed in how they lived together. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that piece. That, you know, we're not, this is how it is. Yeah. You know, this is how we function. No, the needs, the needs change or a problem result, arose that needed to be resolved. And so we changed. Yeah. You know, to, I mean, that, that's a pretty good lesson for the church of, uh, you know, founding and future. Lesson right. from the founding of the church for the future of the church. Right. That the circumstances, the needs, they're going to change. The challenges yeah. are going to be new and, um, you know, we need to change um, with them. Um, I'm also very um, interested, like, the role of the disciples in, in this is yeah. intriguing to me. Um, you know, because it's, they're the ones that say, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to... Uh, wait on table sounds so derogatory it towards does. me that I, I much prefer the keep accounts. Um, like, you know, so what do you see going on with the disciples? I mean, that they're saying it is not right that we should neglect. They're feeling that they're neglecting the word of God in some right. sense. Like, wh what do you see happening within the disciples? Gosh, you know, this text has always been actually, it's been really personal to me as a pastor just because there, there's so many physical needs that can be met or physical things that can be done. Mm -hmm. And then there's this word of God thing over there that, if you neglect the word of God outside of a, a less than solid sermon, which is terrible, mm -hmm. I think, nobody knows from day to day. Yeah. But if, you, if this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen or the floors don't get swept or whatever, or, you know, yeah. and here it's specifically to feed people, mm -hmm. people know right away. Yeah. They feel that pain right away. Mm -hmm. and. I mean, all of us have hearts that want to serve and help. And so we move into those areas. We do those things. Mm -hmm. We do those things. We do those things. And they're kind of sometimes easy to do. Yeah. My, my sense is that they're just overburdened by all the things that the community needs. They've taken yeah. all this stuff on. And all of a sudden, they've been held accountable one way or the other right. to realize either they can't do everything. Mm -hmm. Or in this context, I think they realize suddenly they're not supposed to do everything. Yeah. And then the community is activated mm -hmm. I guess would be a word I would mm -hmm. use and, and you watch that work out of the text yeah and I, I like it goes both ways one that they're they're willing to acknowledge that you know good. there are plenty of, of leaders in and outside the church that will just hold on to do do everything yeah you know I'm gonna just do it my myself and I don't know what that's necessarily about um, mm -hmm. you know power control or you know whatever it may be you know but that's always an option for, for leaders, that I'm gonna just do it, but um, as happens here, you know, stuff gets neglected when, when we yeah. choose that, that route. Um, you know, on both ends here, like they neglect the gospel to attend to these other needs and then they're clearly not able to do that right. either. Like, and so people <laughs> no, they can't are, do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, and so, uh, but I, I also love the response of, of the people. Um, you know, first, not, just to note that like, the leadership of the disciples is really to turn it over. It's not like, yeah. you do this. You know, it's not, hey there, you know, you're now responsible for this because I can't do it. You right. know, it's, therefore, friends, select from among yourself. You know, <laughs> I can't do this. It needs to be done. Who's going to do it? Yeah. And, you know. They, they select people. Yeah. And it gets done. As a group. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it's 
it feels counterintuitive to how we do things. I'm not sure that it is. I mean, mm -hmm. our church structure has elected leaders and congregational communication and meetings and discernment and all that stuff, but yeah. it's just, it strikes me as just odd. Mm -hmm. it, it, you do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if, if you sense yourself as a, as a, I mean, leadership training always uses that word delegation. Mm -hmm. But delegation means pick somebody, tell them what to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. This needs to be done, you do it. Oh. And they figured it out, you know. I, I mean, there's an element of trust there from yeah. the disciples, well, I guess. Yeah. That, I know you're not one of the disciples that journeyed, but we believe that the Spirit has filled you as, as right. well. And this needs to be done, and we believe that the Spirit is going to work through you, and it's going to happen as it needs to happen. Yeah. And, you can handle this. Yeah, right. You don't, you don't need the pastor to do it. You don't need the disciple yeah. to do it. You know, you have been, you know, and we, we know this. I mean, the Spirit is constant throughout the book of Acts, and they receive it. So all of these people have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, and, and so trust that. Right. And even what they said pleased the whole community. It's, it's like the community is involved in this organic kind of formation process. So an idea has been presented to them, and Luke makes it clear that what they said pleased the whole community, mm -hmm. as in they were all of one heart and mind on this. That's a good idea. You yeah. shouldn't be keeping accounts and making sure everything's fair amongst us. Mm -hmm. We can do that ourselves. Yeah. Let's do that. You do your job. Mm -hmm. I, I love that, mm -hmm. that they discern, do that communal discernment yeah. piece. Yeah. I also like that they seem as a community to have their, I don't know, the, the relational pulse or just they looked and they chose Stephen full of faith and what does it say? Is it grace? Oh, no, full of faith and the Holy Spirit together with Philip. So they looked out and they said, who has the Holy Spirit in a way that we can see and trust. Mm -hmm. And then, so I mean, the community has different, uh, it's the whole one body thing, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Because you could say hierarchy, and yet right. that's not quite right. Because mm -hmm. they get to choose who these people are right. that they, they trust. And, and I think that the criterion is, you know, notable. Because, I mean, it's keeping accounts. You know, you could have said, you know, Choose the person that's the most organized right. and has the, you know, right, like, you yeah, know, right. Or, or, you know, who has the you best handwriting because they were, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, you could have gone that, but that's, that's not the criterion that they're, they're working with. Um, you know, good standing, full of the spirit of wisdom. Um, you know, that's a different thing. I mean, and I don't know, you know, we, we certainly try in the church to, you know, be attentive to, you know, spirituality and the spiritual gifts of people, not just the, the technical you know, right. gifts, right? But that's hard right? because there is a technical piece that needs to get done. That's true. I, I almost think of it backwards or at least more personal. Maybe we, we think of it more in terms of ourselves. Well, I don't have those technical skills. Therefore, this job is off limits for me. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't do that. These people are learning everything. Yeah. New. And it seems the criteria is faith and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Not... Yeah whatever, God's going to figure out what those gifts are and equip you or raise you up or I'm not even, I'm not even mm -hmm. sure 
how to think about it yet. Well, I mean, but that kind of brings me stuff. back around to the idea of, of trusting the Holy Spirit. You know, those being the criterion, they're learning all this stuff on the fly, they're changing, they're doing new things in response to newly arising needs. You know, what do they have to rely on? The, the Holy Spirit and, and yeah. trusting that that's going to, to take place. But that's also, you know, hard. Like, I... I I'm not always inclined to, you know, I think the trust, uh, it's easy for me to say, and I really do believe that the Holy Spirit is active in the world, um, yeah. you know, out there doing things. Believing that the Holy Spirit is working through me um, or is going to equip me to do something new, that's harder for me. Yes. Yeah. I, I understand that. Stephen had to trust that the Holy Spirit was going to work through him mm -hmm. in order to do his job. Yeah. So Stephen, Stephen is where we the text goes next. Yeah, this, the text focuses in on him. So uh -huh. I mean, we we naturally kind of have to do that. But he, they had to choose people that could trust the trust God mm -hmm. to to work through them, so mm -hmm. that they could actually work at all. Yeah, and it just strikes me suddenly that it, when we compare ourselves to other people, we tend to pick the those better than us and then we feel worse mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah right the, the the reverse doesn't work either though I yeah. can't find someone that I think is worse than me so I feel better than about myself I think we actually try to do that pretty frequently well, I think we do you too know? but those are two different processes there, yeah. right if yeah. we look at gifts in the church I've discovered that people that we tend to feel inadequate before we feel up to the task and that's because we're comparing ourselves to all these other people. Mm -hmm. And we think, well, my gifts will never be as good as mm -hmm. them. It's about what God's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a different attitude to yeah. think, I need to be totally equipped to step into this task. Yeah. Than saying, if I faithfully step into this task, God will equip me. Right. If those are two very different ways to, and I honestly think that there are very few things where we are truly fully equipped. Right, for sure. And yet, it just, I mean, when we talk about the founding of the church and the future of the church, that's right where we need to be. Mm -hmm. We are not equipped as a church right, right now to move forward in the future. Who is? Yeah. The church never is. That's the point. God's leading us forward. Right. I mean, and... Talk about uncertainty and not where, I mean, like, yeah. the uncertainty abounds. Like, you know, we were, the church was already at a place like, you know, what does the future hold? Where are we going? Now we just have, you know, put a nice little COVID that does yeah. icing on that cake. Like, <laughs> right. you know, what are we getting? So, so this happens, right? Yeah. This, this experience happens. The church changes. They need new work to be done. They name people in verse 7 says, the word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem. The great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And then it moves into Stephen. Yeah. And I'd like to read that part too, at least for this, this time we're together. Okay. So let's look at, let's, let's look at verse 8. Stephen, full of grace and power now, right? Before he, they named him full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Now it's full of grace and power. Did great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and others of those from Cilicia and Asia, stood up and argued with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. 
Then they secretly instigated some men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, as well as the elders and the scribes. Then they suddenly confronted him, seized him, and brought him before the council. They set up false witnesses who said, This man never stopped saying things against this holy place and the law. For we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses handed on to us. And all who sat in the council looked intently at him, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. <laughs> I thought Stephen was supposed to be keeping the books, waiting tables, I know. keeping accounts. It's, it's odd, isn't it? Well, it certainly seems like he didn't stick to uh, keeping accounts. Right. He's, he's, he's either stepped out of the bounds of his job description, mm -hmm. or he has two job descriptions? Or this piece, because what he does is he goes and proclaims the gospel, yeah. is just an assumed part of following Jesus. What he does. That it's, it doesn't need its own job description. It's not the you know, particular calling of you know, some. It's, it's everyone. You know? And so he's, he's maybe been called to this you know, keeping accounts piece, but he's still, he's still just a disciple, a, a believer, and part of that is preaching the good news to people. I can do no other. Yeah. Or I can do nothing less. So... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not overly inclined to say Stephen thought, you know, I don't want to wait on tables. Right. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what have we been told about Stephen? That they uh, picked him because he was supposed to be full of the spirits and of wisdom and that he's full of grace and power. Like, yeah, it, you know what? I, the image I see is all these widows and hurting hungry people in the community lining up. And they throughout their week, whose ever day it is, however they did it, had, a, had the opportunity to, to run across Stephen and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and, and, and whatever, all these guys. Mm -hmm. And out of all of those guys, you know, Stephen was, was standing out and was able to not only feed people and mm -hmm. give them their accounting or keep things fair or whatever, but in the process of doing his work, <laughs> they would en encounter Jesus, mm -hmm. or encounter that, whatever. whatever They'd recognize something that was going on. Yeah, there. I mean, that's and I, I imagine it like you know, right? and Grace someone and just says, "What are you doing? Why are you doing this?" Yeah. You know, and that's suddenly an opportunity for you know Stephen or any of these other guys, for that matter, to to preach. Right. And well, it, wonders and signs. I have no idea what that means. It doesn't say. Yeah. But it almost reminds me of. The, the blind guy asking Peter and John for money, and they mm -hmm. say, we don't have money, but we'll give you what we have in the heal them. Mm -hmm. That Peter or Stephen's giving people food or whatever else they, they need to be fair in the week with everyone else, and then they, he sees they're sick and he heals them, or he mm -hmm. sees they need some comfort and he gives it to them. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel like... Well, I mean, those are all as, you know, Peter makes pretty plain. Those aren't, you know, the healing and all of those miracles and stuff isn't isn't a unique thing of, of Peter either. Right. Peter's, you know, this is the spirit, this is this is Jesus that's right. doing that. I mean, and so I think we can fairly assume that as 
Stephen, like Peter, is going out about his daily business, which is apparently keeping accounts. You know, why wouldn't Jesus and the Spirit be be working in the midst All of that? All these other people, yeah. I mean, which is an interesting way to um, think about, you know, our own lives of, you know, why shouldn't we expect, you know, the Holy Spirit to be working, woven into all of our daily sure. things, that the power of the name of Jesus that's so prevalent in the book of Acts might just pop up, you know, in the midst of whatever random thing we may be doing. Right. Know? But in the, the ordinary, you know, it, it seems that there, that his power was so, um, uh, afflicting. <laughs> It was helping people, but there was a whole group of people in the synagogue itself that had to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Peter and John and, and 10 other guys, but Stephen, not an apostle. Right. So Stephen, not one of the original. Stephen, one called forward to do something else, is mm -hmm. the one that ends up getting, well, martyred eventually. But yeah. He's the one that gets, is that suffering now. Yeah, what is it about him that, you know, draws this unique, you know? Yeah, what is it about him, but also, I have to believe that in that beginning church, those 12 guys, just mm -hmm. by basic of just human psychology, were lifted up and raised up, and like, there they are, they walked with Jesus. Yeah. Stephen didn't walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, and so suddenly you're watching. I think it strikes me that we're watching that that literal relationship with Jesus, I knew him, I touched him, I walked with him, I've been mm -hmm. with him since the beginning. Yeah. That same power is being handed on into people that didn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. And in the same powerful way, and in this sense, and in an even more powerful way, allowing Stephen to die faithfully. Yeah. And it just strikes me as profound all mm -hmm. of a sudden that watching that power grow. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in the power growing, the expansion, that, that is the book of Acts. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the movement of the whole, whole book. It's stretching out and out yeah. and out and out. Um, you know, from maybe the small group of people that were there with Jesus in the beginning, you know, to the ends of the earth as, as right. it were. I think there's another just little turn in this section. Okay. Um, that, that's, that's telling and important as we go forward. Um, and I'm looking at verse uh, 12 here they stirred up the people as well as the elders and the scribes and that stirring up the people i think is a notable turn just okay. because to this point the people as in the general populace yeah. you know has held them in pretty high esteem right um you know it's been sure. the elite leaders that have been antagonistic yeah. you know that have been bothered as we've talked about because they're perceiving you know this new group as maybe taking away some of their power but the people have you know i mean just in the last chapter the sadducees and the other leaders were afraid of the people because sure they held them now here they've been able to turn them yeah they stirred them <laughs> up and now the the people seem to be right against the but they've had to use lies to do it yes they've had to the lie Right, right, yeah, this whole section is, you know, outlining kind of the right. lies and the, the distortions of what Stephen's saying. So you right. could say the plot thickens, or you could say the, the um, conflict that Gamaliel prior mm -hmm. was speaking to. If this is of God, it will 
will succeed. If it is not of God, it will fail. Right. Is starting to play out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing the conflict there. Yeah. Things aren't smooth. So that's not exactly a you know clean ending. It's not. But, but the you know this is sort of the introduction to to Stephen. Um, and yeah. next time we'll we'll dive in deep as we get a little more of Stephen and Stephen starts really preaching. Um, and so I think maybe we, we put a pin in it there. Sure. Um, you know, with that introduction. Could we end with like verse 15 is, is the peace, his face was like the face of an angel intended to imply that he's somehow glowing or somehow that these people know darn well he's innocent. Sure. Could, could the cliffhanger, like, is that I, the cliffhanger? I, I mean, it's only a cliffhanger if we're going to resolve it. That verse kind of like, you know, hangs out there, but it certainly seems to suggest innocence. It suggests being on the side of God. Okay. Um, you know, I think that that's the, the point. I mean, and I suppose the part of it being the face does suggest that, you know, this was visible for people, you know, which implies a little bit of they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, yeah. Okay. Nice. I don't have anything more to I, make I, don't, that I, was, I just think this always struck me as an interesting story. Yeah. yeah. Face of an angel. Alright. <laughs> well, we'll be back looking at uh, Stephen then um, next okay. week. Uh, you can nice. you know, track us on Facebook, YouTube, or now as a podcast on Spotify if you'd rather listen uh, in your car or wherever you may be. Um, so please, we hope that you'll join us again next week. Um, would you close us in prayer? I would. Lord, you transform uh, your church always, constantly, and continuously. May we be open to that. May we be uh, discerning in it and and open to the work that you call us to do, understanding that everything we do uh, should be proclaiming uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, your your gospel. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Uh, Bless us this week in that task. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.